The information in this podcast is general information and not advice. Stanford Financial is authorised under Australian Credit Licence Number 541480. Further information is available at stanfordfinancial.net. Hello and welcome to On the Couch with Steve. This is a podcast where we help you navigate uh, the, the world of buying and selling real estate. Uh, I'm Steve Athanades. I'm the owner of NG Real Estate here in Ipswich. Now, today we're talking with Logan Stanford from Stanford Financial. Logan's here and he's going to talk to us about a very topical subject, which is mortgage deposits and capacity. So welcome along, Logan. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Steve. Exciting to be here. No, thank you, mate. I know you're a very, very busy man. Mate, we're going to jump straight into it. I'm going to ask you some basic questions. There's, you know, obviously um, people are, are going to be at different levels of uh, knowledge. Mm. So how much deposit do I need if I want to borrow to buy a house? Um, great question. So with deposit, the golden number is 20%. Um, now it's 20% of the purchase price. On top of that, you have to account for things like stamp duty, um, government fees and charges, setup fees, all that kind of stuff. But the golden number is 20% plus a little bit. Uh, there is options available from as low as 2% uh, with some government-backed schemes. Um, uh, such as the single parenting scheme. Um, so with the government guarantees, the other 18% necessary to avoid lender's mortgage insurance. Um, and uh, and for first home buyers, there's a 5% deposit scheme as well. Now there's, uh, depending on the suburb that you're buying in, uh, there's different caps for how much uh, can be the maximum purchase price. Um, but uh, generally speaking, with as little as 2% deposit, uh, there's some schemes out there to support you. Um, now, uh, there are lenders that offer um, all kinds of different creative solutions. So being a broker, we have access to over 40 different lenders. Um, and what that means is, you know, all your majors, um, generally speaking, they want about 5% deposit um, as, as, as a minimum standard, you know, just every day, um, John and Mary buying a house, 5% deposit, um, then your, your majors are, are generally pretty happy with that. Um, but the, the key factor on that is lender's mortgage insurance. So lender's mortgage insurance, uh, some people think it insures them, uh, but what it means is with just a 5% deposit, um, the lender generally uh, will, will charge you a premium. Uh, and it's a fee that gets financed on top of the loan, uh, and, uh, and and it covers the bank in the term uh, in in the instance that uh, you, for whatever reason, need to sell your home, uh, the, or the lender needs to repossess and sell your home, and doesn't get the amount that you're owing. So if there's a shortfall, there's an insurance for. Exactly. It covers the lender. Now, a lot of people think lenders mortgage insurance, it covers me if I lose my job or if I, um, you know, can't make my my payments, whatever it is. It does not. So it true. covers the lender. Yeah. So, but the, the key number to avoid that lenders mortgage insurance, because it can be quite expensive, can be tens of thousands of dollars, is if you get that 20% deposit, you're pretty much covered. There are lenders that go up to 90%. There's a lot of really creative uh, things that, that that can be done. Uh, and there are lenders who allow a, a personal loan. Um, to get you below. So may, in some instances, it may be cheaper to get a personal loan, get below the 20%, then pay the, the premium. Um, on, okay. On your, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we'll we'll deal, delve a little bit deeper into that. So on, a, on the same sort of line, how is my borrowing capacity determined? Yeah. Okay. So capacity um, is is an interesting one because if you don't have capacity, you just, you can't get the loan. It's as, it's as simple as that. Um, whereas with... Uh, uh, deposit, like we were speaking about before, um, you know, you can get personal loans, you can get gifts, you can get guarantors, you can get government schemes, there's all kinds of different things you can get to co 
cover that hurdle. But with capacity, um, generally speaking, you think about it as money in versus money out. So um, if you're earning um, you know, um, a salary, um, the lender will then go, right, what are your, what are your debts that come out of it? So you're getting, you know, um, X amount per fortnight. They then subtract all of your loan repayments. So it might be a car loan, a personal loan, a credit card. Now, important thing on credit cards is they go off the limit, not the balance. So you might have a, a, a what we see a lot of is a $6,000, you know, latitude credit card or something like that. And, but I just bought a fridge for a thousand bucks, but I just got the max limit. Now the lender actually goes off the $6,000 limit. Um, cause you can spend exactly, exactly. And so they take out all of those repayments. You then have uh, an amount left. They take out your living expenses. Uh, now there is a minimum uh, living expense amount, so you might only spend. You might might be really budget savvy. You might um, be really good at, uh, at shopping savings and things like that. Um, but the lender does have a minimum threshold um, for, Let, for let's talk about that minimum threshold. So, mm-hmm. of your hundred percent of your income. Mm-hmm. The bank doesn't want to see you spend more than what percentage? Yeah, good question. So uh, there's then the debt to income ratio as well. So uh, there is, which most lenders are at about six times your your income is 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 really what they don't want to see you uh, borrowing over. Um, so uh, there are lenders that go up to seven and eight when it comes to investment properties, um, but most lenders don't want to see you borrowing six times your annual total income. Um, which is which is sort of an easy way to just what's my quick max borrowing if you don't want to do the manual version of okay I get this much after tax and then take out all my debts take out all my living expenses leaves this much to make a loan repayment every month if you just go what's my income times six that sort of gives you a a a really round average number for what what you may be looking at from a borrowing capacity perspective okay so let's let's take an example we've got um, say someone here in Ipswich. Okay, median house price is five hundred and fifty thousand ish. Yep. So, how much money would I need to earn as a minimum if I wanted, say, to borrow a, a property for say five fifty? I'm going to work on say I've got a ten percent deposit. So whether I save that or I got a gift or whatever, yep. 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 I've got roughly a ten percent deposit. Okay, how much is my base income between me? And a partner, or, okay, you know, individually. Yeah, good question. So, for a, a standard couple um, with with no sort of other debts, really, um, no kids, double income, no kids, a combined income of about eighty to ninety thousand will probably do the job there. Um, if uh, they have a credit card, then then a little bit extra things like that. Now, it is important to remember there are lenders as well who shade things uh, down or, or take an amount out of overtime and things like that. So, eighty to five, eighty five to ninety thousand as your regular income, or if you get regular overtime that's great um, but making sure that we go to a lender who takes 100 of that overtime and allowances and things like that should, should be good for a 500k borrow on a 550 purchase price so even to let's say we've got a standard couple they might only be earning say 45 to fifty thousand dollars each but in theory if they don't have any other major debts they should be able to afford to purchase a property in that sort of five to 550 range if they have roughly a 10 percent deposit yeah definitely steve so what you'd actually probably find and I'm, I'm sure you know um is it probably be cheaper for them to purchase a property like that than rent one um the Absolutely. repayments on a property like that would be would be far cheaper you'd be looking at 650 a week to for, for a property like that out here um or 600 a week the the repayments on on something like that is is is, is far lower um even with rates where they are today okay so that's a good point um and, and i like the fact that we're making that sort of establishing the difference between rent and a mm. repayment. So on a, say, a $500,000 loan over assuming a 25 to 30-year period, which yep. is the normal um, tenure for a loan, 
what sort of repayments would you be looking at just just generally? Um, yeah, good question. So uh, for principal and interest, and, and I'll touch on the difference between that and interest only in a minute, but for a principal and interest loan um, around that number, you're probably looking at that six to 650. But um, from, from the cash flow perspective, the key difference there is you're paying off your six uh, out of that 650 about 400 of it is is going back into your pocket essentially you're paying down your home whereas if you're renting uh, for 650 a week um that's obviously going down and paying down your landlord's property and that's all great that makes the economy go go round uh but uh that means that in the years to come you can go and use that equity that you've built up by paying you know 400 or 450 into your house every week you're paying it down by about that much uh, you can then draw that equity to you know do renovations put on solar panels buy another property or and, and build wealth um, home ownership is is obviously the greatest way to build wealth in this country uh, mm. and uh, and 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 by getting out of paying that 650 in rent and and contributing to paying down your home instead is, is a massive way to do that that's awesome man. look I think everyone will find that particularly interesting and it's nice to know that a big chunk of that that repayment mm. goes towards building equity yep. and obviously future wealth. Yep. So I think that's really important. Now, we just talked about that in, in that same example, uh, a 10% deposit. Yep. Now, you said 20% is the golden number because mm. if we if we have less than 20%, we have to pay lenders mortgage insurance. So on the same sort of scenario, we've only got a 10% deposit. Just roughly, again, how much sort of mortgage insurance, what would be the charge if we only had a 10% deposit on a $550,000 buy? Yeah, so uh, about ten grand, roughly. Obviously, I'm not in front of our computers right now, but um, around ten grand in, in lenders' mortgage insurance. But that gets capitalised into the loan. So what that means is uh, your base loan to value ratio uh, is is ninety percent. You're borrowing ninety percent of the property's value, uh, but the capitalised on the LMI is might be ninety three or ninety four. So the lender will lend you the money for that lenders' mortgage insurance as well. It's not like generally you have to come up with another. Uh, 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 10 grand, uh, they can lend that to. The, the problem is when you're at the 5%, some lenders, some lenders will capitalize up to 99%, but uh, most lenders want to see up to 95% capitalized LMI, which means the max borrow is is 95, uh, and then you've got to pay your own LMI on top of that. But if you've got a 10% beauty, you can just borrow the extra LMI on top of that. Okay. Again, great to know. Now, in a difficult situation, Logan, some people at different stages of their life have got themselves into some sort of financial trouble and they may have some history issues mm. where maybe they were late on a payment or they, something had gone wrong. How do you get over those sorts of issues? Is it possible to get over credit issues? Yeah, definitely. Um, so you'd be surprised at, uh, at, at some of the banks that accept things like defaults, uh, major banks, one of the big five even, are fine with a default up to $1,000 uh, on your credit file. Um, it does not buy you at all. And then there are lenders who don't even do comprehensive credit reporting, uh, which means they may not see the default, they may not see the late payments, they don't want to see it. Um, they'll just look at six months conduct on your on your bank statements and if you're making the payments then it's fine. A couple of days late does not go on your credit report. Uh, once you're getting up to a month late and you're missing, missing full months of payments, that's when it starts to build up. Uh, but there are lenders who will just look at the score, not the actual history of, of the payment. Uh, and so the, some of those solution-based lenders where uh, they may be a slightly higher interest rate, uh, but you know you pay the ferry keeper, you get to the other side, and then you can refinance in six or 12 months once you've had some good conduct there. But uh, some prior, you know, life happens and some prior um, uh 
issues on your credit file? Absolutely. If you've got, if you cover off on the deposit and the capacity side of things, not an issue at all. Okay, so great to know there is some forgiveness there mm. if it's a fairly minor transgression, and then if you've obviously rectified it. Yeah. So on that though, we we you know we've got people who bankrupt are bankrupt one day, full bankruptcy, one day discharge, and and we can get a home loan from because they've paid paid their debt or they've cleared their debt, they've they've waited their period, and uh, and the banks are happy to give them another crack. Okay, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to On The Couch with Steve. Obviously, we're here with Logan Stanford from Stanford Financial. Logan, all the information that you've just provided us to has been so invaluable, and I'm sure all the people out there have loved what you've talked about. It's very, very important. Uh, now, obviously, to our, to our viewers and our listeners, if you have any questions about the topic that we've discussed today, obviously, we'd love you to jump on our socials and ask any questions that you'd like. Uh, and most importantly, we'd like you to stay tuned for more information and sessions with Steve on the Couch. We'll see you soon.